Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Good morning. Good morning, love. How are you? I'm good. Good. So how was the women's retreat? The women's retreat was very good. Thank you. Good. Talking about discerning the voice of God. I like the way they do it. This is led by uh, Marissa and Amy and Sherry and Lisa and Janelle. And the way they've set it up since they've taken over leading it is they pick a Bible study to do. And then they base, then whatever they're going to do, we base the women's retreat on it. Mm -hmm. And then, then we launch that Bible study. Oh, wow. That's so, a good for idea. instance, yeah. this is, they're going to do Priscilla Shire's mm-hmm. uh, Discerning the Voice of God. And so that it was what our retreat was on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we just get different people to speak on those issues. And so uh, I spoke on, well, they asked me to, our key verse was John 10 27. It's my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That's a great verse. Yes. So that was my, what I spoke on. And we just talked about needing to, you know, that Jesus knows our name. Our names are written in the book of life. We are called by his name. We are his. And that then that means we need to know his voice. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? And he leads and we need to follow. I like it. Yes. That'll preach. Yes. Yeah, definitely preach. I actually told the story about having to learn the Texas two-step with Dana Weirman at, at the Roundup and how I... Since I don't dance, as we all know. This is true. This is true. I did say that you're a good dancer. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, But since I don't dance much and aren't really one to follow, I had to do so with Dana (laughs) because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't want to make a fool of myself. So we talked about how that is how we have to follow Jesus and hold tightly, follow the steps. Yes. Anyways, it was a good retreat. We had a lot of good words from a lot of different people, and um, now we're back. Good, good. Mm-hmm. You had good weather, too, so I remember. Yeah, I mean, a little hot for a fall retreat. You know, mm-hmm. we, we always hike to the top of the mountain and see, well, it's a hill, I guess, to see the cross up there. And it was, you know, it was a sweaty hike. Wow. It was still like 90 that day. Oh, I didn't realize it was that hot. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. It was. But we are getting fall here in Texas, and we got a little rain last night. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Yeah. Well, good. So what I'm, did you do while I was gone? Well, funny you should mention, I had a very exciting Saturday. Mm-hmm. I drove up to Austin for the Queen concert. <laughs> and then I got back at 1.30 in the morning and got up at 6 to preach the next day. So. Okay, so yes, Ellie had given you Queen tickets, or yep. she bought tickets for you and her to see Queen for Father's Day. That's so right. So that was a long time ago. You got the tickets, finally came to fruition, and you said it was a great concert. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I wish it had been another day. <laughs> Not a Saturday. Saturday night uh, just in Austin. It was, it was a very exhausting day, but it was fantastic. I mean, I, I love Queen. Uh, you know, when I, when, when I was in college, my a cappella group sang a number of Queen mm, songs. That's true, so true. I know them very, very well, you know. Uh, and so it was great to hear them in person. And these guys are just amazing. Of course, you know, Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. uh, passed away mm-hmm. in 1991, I think it was. Uh, but the other members of the band are still alive, still kicking, and still, you know, shredding out there. I mean, these guys must have been in their, I guess, in early 70s or so. Uh, and just un- unbelievable. I mean, it was, they were they were so good, so good. So it was a great, great show. And I was telling um, I was telling Ellie, I think this is the first rock concert I've been to since 1995. Yeah, she sent that to the family text chat, and it said Dad's first concert since he was my age. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because we I, I think the last one would have been 
you know, I saw fish back in the day. Like yeah, when and during college and we stuff, saw a lot right? of people, yeah, in New um, England, yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, because we went from college to uh, to seminary and then we had kids and hmm. like, I, I can't remember going to another concert. I think we're going to think about that and we're going to come back to that. Okay, well, you can go ahead and think. Yeah, I'm going to have to think. So. Have to think. <laughs> but it was, it was fantastic. It was a great, great show. Uh, you know, again, very, we had to kind of shoehorn it in there, but man, it was worth it. It was fantastic. Yep, it was. For you, yes. Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to sing us any songs? Uh, well, I only have a boy. No, I okay. guess not. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for that. It's, it's too way early, too yeah. early. But it was fun because David loves Queen too. So you mm-hmm. guys have had a lot to talk about. It was very cool. Very yeah. good. Okay. So, um, and before that, I think, weren't you at some seminary thing? Yes. And so before that, I spent um, two days up in Dallas for seminary meetings. I'm the chairman of the Board of Regents for our seminary. And we have twice uh, twice a year we have in person meetings, mm-hmm. and things are going very very well. Uh, you know we uh, we've seen a lot of uh, improvement in the seminary over the last eighteen or twenty four months, uh, and the big thing for us is we now have forty eight students in the pipeline. So wow, forty eight students oh uh, preparing goodness. for pastoral ordination. When Alia uh, was here, it was like seven. Yeah, yeah. So we've we've uh, we've we've really stepped it up. Awesome. It's, we've really stepped it up. So in, uh, the big part of that was we hired a recruiter whose full-time job is to go, you know, visit colleges, contact people, follow up with people, that kind of thing. So he's doing a good job. And so that's really paying for That's He used to work with us, right? Yeah, Yeah. Jeff Morlock is his name. So that's fantastic. That was very, very encouraging to see uh, how far we've come. Awesome. Okay, well... so it's good. Yeah, the reason we're giving you all this background is because neither of us were in Crossways on Wednesday. No, no. uh, Mark Lynn was kind enough to teach for me, and I hear he did a fine job, but I haven't had the chance to sit down with him directly. Let's see, where was I? Oh, Johnny had a Wednesday night football Mm -hmm. game instead of a instead of a Thursday night football game. Yeah. So I was at a football game and you were in Dallas. So right. what are, what did we talk about? So we are. this is the, the very last chapter of book four, okay. and it's uh, setting the stage for the New Testament. So Messianic Expectations Ooh. is the title of the chapter, Messianic Expectations. We're going to look very at nice. kind of uh, four basic questions. Uh, what, how, who, and what about the Gentiles? So the first of all is what? what? So what is the Messianic age? Yeah. And if you remember at this point in, in history, you know, uh, God has, uh, God led his people into the promised land. He planted them there. They flourished under David and Solomon. They started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. God told them to shape up or he'd ship them out. They didn't shape up. He shipped them out. He mm-hmm. brought them back. And then there was this expectation when they came back that, aha, now we have arrived. You know, we have learned our lesson. Surely things will go better this time around. And that turned out to be not what happened. Uh, that you know the people came back to the promised land and things were not as all, uh, not as not nearly what they had been back in the day. Okay. And so there developed this strong expectation that that God's promises, which He gave in in the Bible, especially in the prophets, that God's promises would come true, but they would come true at some future date in some future age called the Messianic age, hmm. uh, the age of the Messiah. Right. And so a great passage is uh, uh, this is Isaiah chapter eleven. And just to be clear, mm-hmm. we call it the Messianic Age, but the, the, those terminology, that terminology is not used specifically in the scripture. Right, right. so yeah. that, that's kind of what, how we describe it. Right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but when, when, the, uh, when the Messiah comes, so this is um, Isaiah chapter 11, you know, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. So, you know, Jesse was David's father, and the house of David had been cut down. But there will be this, just as like a stump will put shoots out, so too, you know, there will be another... Uh, another descendant from the house of David. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall judge the nations. And then when he does, here's what will happen. Verse 6. The wolf shall lie down with a lamb, the leopard shall lie down with a young goat, 
The calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, and the young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand upon the adder's den. For they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Hmm. So there's this Beautiful. promise. Oh, it's a gorgeous, isn't it? So there's this promise that when the Messiah comes, he will usher in this age, this era, uh, which really is a return to the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, not only do we participate in it, but all of God's creation is redeemed uh, to the point even where there's no more death or killing even among, you know, predators and prey. Mm. That there's no more killing, that uh, that the lion and the wolf will be, you know, vegetarians from from here on. <laughs> um, so it's, it's it's this this uh, this perfect age when all things will be restored. There will be no... No tears, no death, no crying, no pain. Uh, everything will be perfect. So there's this expectation that the age of the Messiah is coming. And then there are all of these um, events which will uh, surround it. Yes. And then these should be familiar to us because as Christians, you know, this is basically what, what we hear throughout the Gospels. Exactly. Uh, and, in the book of and in the book of Revelation. But the basic timeline is you got these three, these two stages. You have the present evil age when things are fallen. Mm -hmm. And then the future messianic age when things will be perfect okay and in between the, the the fault line between them is something called the day of the lord oh yes and so that's when the day of the lord comes and the old passes away and the new comes in and that fault line is called the day of the lord which is not necessarily a day no no it's it's yes. uh it, it, that's it's a right. period it's yes. a period right and of course you know the prophets have spoken about this time and time and time again we've mm -hmm. gone through that yeah uh, but there are a couple of things that will um lead up to the day of the Lord. One is the prophet Elijah. So Malachi says, Behold, I will send Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord, and mm -hmm. he will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to their sons. Mm -hmm. Lest I turn and strike the land with a curse. So God promised that before the Messiah comes, Elijah will come okay. to herald his way. Uh, there promises to be a time of great upheaval. So very famously, you know, uh, Joel chapter 2, which is quoted in the book of yeah. uh, on the day of Pentecost. You know, mm -hmm. the sun shall be darkened and the moon turned to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, there shall be signs in the heaven and fires and smoke on the earth beneath. That kind of thing. Upheaval. Right. Um, and the, so there's these all these events that, uh, you know, what Jesus calls the birth pangs yes. of the New Age. Mm -hmm. And then when the New Age finally does come here, um, then not only will there be a return of uh, the uh, return of paradise, where all sin is done away with and all is peace and prosperity, but all of God's people... Uh, will be returned. And so again, this is uh, again to Isaiah chapter 11. Um, in that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to, to recover the remnant of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, from the coastlands of the seas. So from all of the various nations to which God's people have been scattered, from those nations they will come back Mm. Uh, in, in that age. Mm -hmm. And they'll come back to Jerusalem, okay. which will be the, the very greatest city on earth. They will come back to worship in the temple. And so the, the prophets talk about how the, the mountain of the Lord shall be high and lifted up higher than any other mm -hmm. mountain and all the nations shall pour into it. So Jerusalem will be restored. The, the worship of the temple will be restored. Uh, and even to the point where people who have died will be resurrected so that they can participate in this age. So this is Daniel chapter 12. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, 
some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame and contempt. But those who are wise shall shine like the shall shine like the mm. brightness of the stars in the sky. So this idea that when the messianic age comes, there will be a resurrection, so that God's people can uh, come back to life, return to Jerusalem, and enjoy uh, the age that God has brought. Okay. So then naturally the question is, well, who's going to bring this age? Right. Well, you know, obviously it's the Messiah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we get that in, in uh, you know, throughout the Gospels. But, but the Lord made a promise to David, you know, back around a thousand before Christ. God mm-hmm. made a promise that yeah. one of your sons yeah. shall sit on the throne before me forever. And even though the house of David had come to an end, you know, as a royal house, I mean, there were still, of course, descendants. Yes. But uh, even though the house of David had come to an end, there was this promise. Mm-hmm. And it was an unconditional promise. That God made the promise, and God was going to keep His promise, and it's based upon that uh, that you know the Messiah would come again. But there's also some indication that it's that the person who brings this in is not simply the Messiah, uh, but in some sense that this person is also God Himself. So this is from Nahum, mm. Nahum chapter one verse five, and the mountains quake before Him, the hills melt, the earth heaves before Him, the world and all who dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the heat of his anger? The Lord's wrath is poured out like fire, and the rocks are broken into pieces. And so this idea that God himself Hmm. will come down to heaven and the earth will melt before him. Come down from heaven. Come down from heaven. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's interesting. And so we've got, uh, we have the what, the messianic age, how, these events that prefigure it, Mm -hmm. who, the Messiah, or perhaps God himself, or maybe, you know, the Messiah and God himself teaming up somehow it's sure. not really clear of course we know but uh but then one of the questions is well what happens to these gentiles yeah because you know god made a promise um that his chosen people that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed but in the 2000 years since that time it seems like all the families of the earth have done everything they can to destroy god's people oh. which by the way is what we're seeing today it's you know? phenomenal um so history continues to repeat itself that yes. once again all the nations of the earth uh, in a sense, even our own are are rallying to uh, to come and destroy Israel. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's truly so unbelievable. So there's this open question as to what happens to um, to the to the Gentiles. Okay, you know, the Norwegians and the Germans. And stuff. <laughs> now going back again to chapter Isaiah chapter 11. You know, so the Spirit mm-hmm. of the Lord will come upon him. He'll usher in this age when the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, and so on and so forth. And as we've seen, you know, in verse 11, the Lord will gather his his own people from around the world. But in verse, but it also says this in verse nine that the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, and in that day the root of Jesse will stand as, as a signal for the peoples, for the Gentile, and of him the nations shall inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. And so this idea that the Messiah has come not just yes. not only for God's people but for all people that you know that for all people the, the Messiah has come and all people will participate in the age. And that's been foreshadowed throughout the Old Testament. It has. I mean, it was hard for them to hear, for sure. It's very hard. I mean, yes. even, you know, going back to the very beginning, God said, Abraham, I'm blessing you, so yeah. you can be a blessing to, to others. all the but nations, they kind yeah. Of forgot that. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah 25, great passage, right? Uh, on this mountain, Mount Zion, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, a feast of food full of marrow of aged wine, well-refined. He will swallow up this mountain, the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Hmm. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. 
for the Lord has spoken. Hmm. And it will be said upon that day, Behold, this is our God, and we have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Mm -hmm. So there's this idea that, uh, that God is coming for all people, for all nations, to redeem all people. But opposed to that, you know, there's also some prophets and prophecies which seem to say that, no, you know, when God comes, it's really to wreak justice against the Gentiles and just to deliver his own people. So, for example, right. this is again Isaiah, mm -hmm. Isaiah 34. Right. Isaiah 34, 1 through 3. Draw near, O nations, to hear. Give attention, O peoples. So he's talking to the Gentiles. Let the earth hear and all that fills it, the world and all that comes from it. For the Lord is enraged against all you nations. He's furious against all their hosts. He has devoted them to destruction. He's given them over to slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out. The stench of their corpses shall rise, hmm. and their mountains flow with blood. Oh my. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much saying that, you know, they're not going to be part of the kingdom right, right. there. Um, and then finally, oh, where did I put I lost my, oh, there it is. You got it. And then there's a very famous passage, which has a grim history to it. Mm. This is Zephaniah 3. Mm, yes. Um, 3 verse 8. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say 7 or 3 verse 8. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day when I rise up, the day of the Lord, the day when I rise up to seize the prey, for my decision is to gather nations to assemble kingdoms, to pour out my indignation upon them, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. And so the rabbi spoke, there were some rabbis, who said that the, the role of the Gentiles is to be fuel for the fires of hell. Oh my goodness. Well, it makes a lot, you know, sometimes as Christians we say, I don't understand how the Jews can't see that the Gentiles were included, right? Mm -hmm. Or that the Messiah should come, that's a separate issue. But the Gentiles being included but jesus had to spend so much time convincing his disciples that he did come for all people you know mm -hmm. because first he was just, he said i have come only for the lost sheep of israel right. right and then his ministry expanded but it was always supposed to do that mm -hmm. but the chosen really brings out this this um i don't know the fear of the jews or, or the fear of the disciples or whatever or their lack of understanding on that especially this last yeah, episode. episode i don't want to give it away but the episode with peter walking on water we just finished it last night um you really see how the disciples in some way felt like hey you're not even being there for me in my time mm -hmm. you know and yet you're off serving the Gentiles. Right. You know, you have to watch it to see. It's a kind of an interpretation they take, but it's very interesting. Oh, it's a great, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a great episode, uh, and, and a great interpretation, I <clears throat> yeah. thought too. But so you can kind of see, you know, that the um, as, as we approach the the start of the New Testament, uh, that there was this widespread expectation that the mm -hmm. Messiah would come, mm -hmm. and that when he come, there would be this great upheaval of all things and the ushering in of a new age, a new mm -hmm. era. But there, you know, there was an open question as to who was in and who was out. Yeah. And drawing from the Bible, a person could make a scriptural case for either way. Yeah. Either the Gentiles are part or no, the Gentiles are out. And this is just for God's people, the Jews only. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the expectation, you know, setting the stage. Uh, and then next week, we're going to open up uh, book five. And next week, we look at the uh, the political and cultural situation at the, uh, the New Testament. So we'll talk about, you know, the Pharisees the Sadducees, oh, the Herodians, that kind of thing, those parties. 
And then two weeks from now, we actually dive into the Gospels. Itself. Finally. Yep. My goodness, it's been a long time. It's been coming. a very long time. Yeah. Okay, but great. Okay, so excellent. Yeah. So the messianic expectation. Mm-hmm. Well. Galileo, Galileo. <laughs> you did Galileo it. Figaro. <laughs> That's not how I was assuming you were going to close, but okay. Well, you know, it's got a mush. <laughs>